Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. UNC's Roy Williams will join us live in about 15 minutes. Joining us now, as promised, he was a national champion at Duke, a two-time national player of the year for the Blue Devils. And he was right back here in our backyard last night. College game day was in Chapel Hill. Tar Heels over Blue Devils. Game day is headed to Charlottesville. That'll be Hokies at Cavaliers tomorrow, 6-15, the tip on ESPN. We are speaking, of course, of Jay Williams. Jay, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? DG, I'm doing good, man. How about yourself? Great. We love to pick your brain on life and sports and, of course, basketball, but I have to start you with something more bizarre. Is it true that somebody actually toilet papered your house last night because Carolina beat the Duke Blue Devils? It, it happens every year. Does it? Uh, I've been, I've, I bought a home in Durham in 2005 uh, after I went through what I went through in my accident. And, uh, you know, I've called it home ever since. I also live in Brooklyn. But, you know, whenever I come home for that game, every time North Carolina wins, they toll it my house. They TP my house. And they do it in a variety of different ways. It really gives them an A-plus <laughs> for, creative, for their creative ability. Uh, but last night, as you can imagine, uh, I'm coming home around 1130 midnight and all you want to do is just have a glass of wine and lay on the couch and maybe watch sports center and calm yourself down to go to bed and of course uh i see unc logos all over my front lawn but this time they decided to use chalk instead of just tp Uh, so it was tp and chalk all over the pavement of my driveway so uh, it's not going anywhere for a while how about that Jay Williams is joining us on Twitter. He is a fun follow, basketball and otherwise, at Real Jay Williams, R-E-A-L-J-A-Y. Williams, one other bizarro thing. I thought it was really cool. We follow you on Twitter, of course. And somebody just randomly texts you, hey, man, if you come to a downtown mall in Charlottesville, I will challenge you to a game of ping pong. And you not only replied but asked for an address. Now, you're a rock star at this stage of your career. How often are you taking up complete strangers? on invitations of this sort? Uh, I think anybody that knows me, DJ, and I, I've known you for a while, I'm pretty random in the game of life. So, uh, <laughs> you know, last last week in Austin, I found myself in a in a college bar, and, you know, we had to go there, obviously, to promote game day. We didn't let the kids knowing, and, you know, I buy four or five, you know, um, buckets of, of, of beer for college kids. Nice. Some of the kids are challenging me to games. And at the end of the day, you know, I, I love playing ping pong, too, so – I get a little bit competitive. So, like, who just randomly throws out a, a random ping-pong competition? So, I'm like, yo, give me your address. I will show up on time. Let me know when the game starts. Jay Williams, he was a very competitive guard for Mike Krzyzewski and a national champion and two-time national player of the year. Check him out on game day tomorrow in Charlottesville. What did the Tar Heels do right last night that allowed them to come back from a halftime deficit and maybe even set the rest of their season on a different course? Well, I tell you, Cam Johnson was big last night, and the reason why he was able to be so is because they went with a smaller lineup. And, you know, when, when Duke was playing zone, you saw Kenny Williams. I mean, he was shooting lights out in the first half. He played well throughout the course of the game, too. And you know what Joel Berry brings to the table. Uh, but the problem was, whenever Duke was trying to get out of that zone with that bigger lineup, I would just he just continuously involve Cam in, in ball screens. And when he's involved in ball screens, Duke was switching every screen they were switching everything so it was it, they were very susceptible to spacing and driving and that's been an issue for duke all season long the ability to stop somebody defensively in front of you and when north carolina was able to break down the guards the defense contraction either they knocked on a three or they were catching layups at the rim and you know inevitably that led to their demise and it was 
Duke's inability to play defense and North Carolina finding their swag offensively that set the game apart. Coach K, after the loss to UVA and Cameron, mentioned that his team was not ready, at least for the first part of that game, was not ready for that intensity. After the loss to St. John's, he said, I wasn't even sure my guys were listening to me until the last eight minutes. And then last night, he talked about diagramming plays that his players were not even running. Are, do you, you lived this culture. You breathed this culture. You were in those huddles with Coach K back in the day. Do you attribute this mostly to four freshmen in the starting lineup or is there a, a broader you know lack of connectivity that uh, maybe it's getting late in the game for Duke to set its ship right well first off with the, when you play two bigs it's going to be it's a different challenge for him I mean last night we were sitting there laughing at the game BG because when the hell has Duke ever been a team that has had primary low post position right. against a team like North Carolina like North Carolina's running down and shooting threes and Duke is all of a sudden the inside-out team. Like, it's always been the opposite, first off. Secondly, um, Trayvon Duvall, 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 Duvall is, is really struggling. Um, and it forces Grayson Allen to be more the playmaker, more the guy to set the team up, which is not his primary role. It takes him away from being aggressive and shooting the basketball from outside. So when you have Trayvon, who's trying to make the home run play, instead of just making this simple play, a lot of times just organizing the team, that puts more stress on Grayson. And I will say this. My freshman year, if, if I didn't have the leadership of somebody like Shane Battier or Chris Carrowell that literally was in my ear each and every possession telling me, slow down, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Hey, try to get the ball here. This is going to be okay. That, that soothing voice on the court, it, it, it's hard. And I think now with all these kids, they're all used to doing things on their own from the high school level when things go array. And now all of a sudden, Things are going wrong, and everybody's trying to do it individually instead of collectively, and I think that's going to be their issue, getting on the same page. You're headed to Charlottesville, Hokies at Cavaliers, or maybe you're already there after a ping-pong victory. I'm not sure. I'm in the gym right now. All right. Hokies at Cavaliers tomorrow. We get the game day crew again. ESPN tip around 615 for the big ball game between those two rivals. I'm fascinated by this Tony Bennett team, Jay, because you as a former pro player know it is both accurate to say – that national champions almost always have future first-round NBA picks on their roster in college at the time they win it all. And, and usually they have more than one first-rounder. And yet this Cavaliers team, probably without that, is number one in the efficiency rankings and come Monday because of Villanova's loss is probably going to be number one in the polls if they beat the Hokies. Do you side with the skepticism because of a lack of NBA talent, or do you side with at least this season in college hoops? Why can't the Cavaliers win the whole thing? Well, there, there's really good NBA talent out there, but I, I don't think there's a collective team that is dominant like that offensively. I, I, I will say this. Ben Wallace told me something um, my rookie year in the league. We were playing USA basketball before I got into the league, and we were, I was involved in a pick and roll, okay, and I came off the screen on the right side of the court, and, and he, he, uh, he popped out, and I passed him the ball back because I got double teamed, and he was wide open, and he didn't shoot the ball, and he, he told me to come back up and get, it, and I ran a set, and later in the day we were talking, I was like, hey, man, how come, how come you didn't shoot the ball? You're wide open, and he looked at me, and he was so stern. I, I remember this moment. Um, he said. Jay, that's not who I am. I, well, I'm not going to shoot the ball. Like, I'm a rebounder and I'm a screener. Yeah. Like that's where I get my. That's who I am on a score. That's how I got paid sixty-eight million dollars. <laughs> and 
when I think about UVA, I'm like, oh, my God, this team knows who they are. And, and look, they can score. Kyle Guy can score. You know, Devin Hall can score. You know, Ty Jerome has really, you know, worked on his game, and he's scoring the ball well. But one of the best skills to ever have, and just not basketball but in life, is that every day you show up with that yellow hat on, like that, that construction hat, like you're going to work. And the best skill set that the UVA has is that they play hard 24-7, 365 every minute of the day. That's who they are. And we saw that last night when we saw Duke play. They, they played hard in the first half, but sustaining that level of play is challenging for any team. And that's the roller coaster you're seeing teams go on this year. Uh, you can't maintain that effort for 40 minutes. And one of the beautiful things I love about this team, and the last thing I'll say, is that I see it all the time in college. I see kids that try to play through being tired, yeah. right? And when, when you're dead tired, you end up making dumb mistakes, either offensively or defensively, not making the extra effort to chase somebody over a screen or you try to shoot the gap or you're not down in the stance, you're standing up or you take a bad shot. One of the beautiful things that I love about 20 Bennett's team is that these dudes will come in, they will play for five or six minutes, and you watch the game tomorrow. You'll see multiple guys raise their hand. They'll raise their hand to their coach and say, get me out, I'm tired. Because they recognize I need the next person to come in and play really, really hard. So this way it's the cumulative effect. We wear you down with our effort. And I, I think when you have that kind of mindset and that strategy offensively and then you're patient offensively, but you play hard each and every possession defensively, I don't think a lot of teams can match that. And this is not a year where I see teams who are crazy offensively oriented. I mean, Duke is good, but they're not that great. I mean, they've lost to Boston College and, and St. John's and some other teams. And I just don't see a team that has the style that UBA plays. Jay Williams of ESPN. Catch him tomorrow. College game day. We'll have coverage all day long, live from Charlottesville, Virginia, leading up to number two UVA, hosting Virginia Tech. 615 is that tip on ESPN. You had a powerful take on the NBA's trade deadline day. What makes you believe that the Cleveland Cavaliers' massive makeover yesterday, six outgoing players, four newcomers, now once again makes them, even with a mediocre record, the favorites in the East once again, and maybe even a squad that has a shot if they meet the Golden State Warriors one more time? I mean, look, there are always questions around a lot of teams, right? We're seeing Boston kind of hit a little bit of a wall. Uh, You're seeing Toronto somewhat emerge. You're seeing Washington play pretty well without John Wall. But at the end of the day, first off, it's, it's hard to bet against the best play, player in the world, right? Now, regardless, if you think that's Katie, that's fine. But, like, LeBron James is just on a different level. And I think, number one, you remove the locker room issue. And nobody else is really saying anything on this team other than Isaiah Thomas. And I'm not saying it's IT's fault, but I think there were some issues there internally. Um, the average age of this team was 30 years old. Now the average age is 27. Yeah. And you replace all these guys with a versatility, right? So maybe if you can get George Hill back into form, like a couple of years ago, George Hill was one hell of a defensive player. You got Joe Johnson now, so you have that versatility defensively and offensively. Rodney Hood is a stud. Rodney Hill will try to lock down somebody. He will try to defend. Jordan Clarkson, he's not a great defender, but he's really good offensively. Defensively, he's marginal. Like he's, He's acceptable. And then you have Larry Dance Jr., somebody who can bring that intensity to the table, uh, somebody that can bring that effort, that energy to the table. I like that versatility. I like the ability to switch all the time. And now I think when you, you, you look at them in the East, okay, like this is a, 
This is a team that needs to bring effort. This is a team that now since they're younger, they should be able to bring that effort. And now it's a chance for LeBron to reset the table. Yeah, the table was set in the wrong manner the first time, but now we can reset it. And his vision. Um, I just I, I I love that for LeBron. I love that for D Wade. He gets a chance to go back to Miami, and um, I, I think it's a good thing for the Lakers as well overall because now they have cap space to go after big time free agents next year. Jay Williams, ESPN. I have a large intern staff. If you need anybody to scrub chalk or take care of toilet paper, <laughs> uh, that's as close that's as close to compensation as we're able to deliver for you today, Jay. But we really do always appreciate your time on the David Glenn Show. Thanks, DJ. I appreciate it, buddy. Always fun. He is a lot of fun on Twitter as well at Real J Williams.